Tuesday, May 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Molly Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. I'm just going to apologize right now for my voice. Got a, got a cold brewing. One of those spring colds. The pollen here in the DC area has finally caught up and it has, well, maybe conquered is too strong a word, but it's basically conquered me. It's taken a lot of people out. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough this year. I, I don't have problems with that, but I. Really? Yeah. Uh, but I, I know many who do. What makes you so special when it comes to pollen? I know, I've got a lot of other flaws oh, okay. <laughs> and vulnerabilities. And, <laughs> you, and, you, you traded that in for something else. Deficiencies and inadequacies. But, that, you know, in terms of pollen, yeah. You're good there. I'm good. Uh, earnings Palooza rolls on. We're going to talk chips and not the tasty kind. We're going to talk retail. We're going to talk restaurants. But we have to start with the deal of the day. Angie's List is being acquired by Interactive Corp., also known as IAC. Uh, if you don't know IAC, you probably know the brands under their umbrella, things like Dictionary.com, College Humor, Daily Beast. IAC is going to merge Angie's List with its Home Advisor unit and spin that off into a new public company. That's for another day. For today, just look at the stocks. Everybody loves this deal. Angie's List up 50% on the buyout. IAC is up. What's not to love about this deal? Uh, boy, I, I think it is a good deal, and you rarely see both sides uh, go up this much. Uh, Angie's List, in particular, uh, it's surprising that the market is surprised by this, um, since uh, Angie's List had said it was exploring strategic alternatives and it had already turned down an offer at about this price, actually right. a slightly higher price. From um, IAC, so I, I count myself uh, as as one of those who should have seen this coming, uh, and didn't. But uh, that's that's uh, it's it's good good deals today uh, for those who were holders of Angie's List going into the day. Uh, shares of IAC are hitting a 52-week high, and I don't know the management at IAC, but uh, kudos to them. Barry Diller. Oh, that's right. It is Barry Diller. Yeah, Kudos. you do know the management. I, at well, IAC. not personally, You've just but I've forgotten the management there. Exactly. Uh, I'll tell you why that is, though. I'm getting older. No. Well, yes, that's not why. This oh, okay. is, because IAC is so confusing, and it's hard to remember what they do, and why they do all the weird things they do under one umbrella, and what what makes sense about it. Here's what they do well, though. They appear to manage those brands well. And I was going to say kudos to Barry Diller and his team for having patience. Because as you said, they went to Angie's List one year ago and said, Here's a check. We'd like to buy you. Angie's List said no. And the, unlike other companies in other industries that we've seen over the past few years that come back and say, All right, we'll, cut, we'll, we'll come back in a couple months with an even bigger offer. IAC just said, Okay, we'll just wait this out. And maybe sometime earlier this year, when Angie's List announced that they were going to lay off some small percentage of their employees, maybe that was the time when IAC said, you know what, it might be time to go knocking on their door again. Because if they're laying off even just a few people at their company, they might be more open to, as you indicated, what is essentially the exact same offer that IAC made one year ago. Yeah. And, and so, in particular, what the market 
uh, is probably up on on both sides of this is that this is going to make more sense. The first of all, the combination of sort of the two major players, major competitors, Angie's List and um, the Home Advisor, working together instead of against each other, is going to create. Uh, I think the estimate was a hundred to two hundred fifty million in synergies, and that unlike many other proclamations of uh, synergistic value that are going to be created by a merger, it appears to be uh, rational in, in this case. And also, now these things will be spun off together um, into their own separate entity, and it will be very easy to value uh, what that is uh, as compared to the IAC um, the combination, which includes you know college humor and... Um, Match the match group. They have a huge chunk in the match group. So really, it's it's most of the profits now are going to be in that the online dating, um, all the different brands there, and uh, Home Advisor. It'll be much easier to determine what it is worth uh, once you can see it standing alone. Um, one thing before we move on to earnings, you had sent me a screenshot, um, and I granted this is an audio podcast, but if you could. Uh, as deftly as possible, explain um, as you indicated. You know, here's the money shot, and it's it's the take rate for um, the com- the combined entity of Home Advisor and Angie's List. First, for our listeners, if you could explain what is the take rate, and what do you think of a take rate that that appears to be modest? Well, so the chart that uh, it was provided by the two companies today as part of the deck. Uh, and you can find this online to help investors understand the combination here and also kind of priming the pump for this is how we would like to be valued by the market when this is spun off and this is what we will go out with our you know on our roadshow with eventually so they're combining the home advisors and Angie's list data up against companies that are also in the online space um, taking a cut of the ultimate action, that being Airbnb, Uber, HomeAway, uh, online services which hook providers up with um, purchasers and the take rate, and then they get a they get a cut of that transaction. And Airbnb, according to this um, data, uh, and and the data is sourced uh, on the page, so you can check it. Uh, Airbnb takes 10 to 12 percent of that transaction. Uber takes 25 percent. Uh, HomeAway 10 percent. Zillow 15 percent. So those are that's sort of the ballpark of the you know the opportunity perhaps out there. Uh, Home Advisor and Angie's List are at three three to four percent. So if you can, and maybe that's just what the going rate for this kind of transaction is going to continue to be. Um, but it's highlighted here in this chart as if don't look at this as a negative. Look at this as an opportunity to end up uh, increasing our take rate from from the transactions when we connect a, a you know a service provider with with a you know a homeowner somebody who's who's looking to get whatever whether it's a you know a deck mate or a plumber or whatever. I just love that that kind of optimism. That's what's great about our take rate being so damn low, because we've got so much opportunity to grow it. Let's move on to earnings. Third quarter profits for Coach came in higher than expected. Shares up around 11% today. 
Uh, it, it turns out, in the case of Coach, if you dial back some of the discounting that you've been doing in the past, you can actually make more money. Good for them. Yeah, they had kind of impaled themselves upon a strategy of trying to grow the business by being more affordable, more ubiquitous. Uh, everywhere you look, you can find Coach. And that did grow sales, uh, but not profits. And they are now turning back to uh, sort of a, an old school theory of uh, profitability as a key to uh, what they want to want they want to achieve. And it's beginning to work. They actually did miss uh, sales estimates for the quarter, uh, not by a lot, by a little, but they easily beat um, profit expectations. And so the stock's up whatever it is, 8%. So, I mean, we've seen over the past decade this back and forth between mainly Coach and Michael Kors. And at various points over the past decade, you could have done very well or very poorly holding either one of those. And it really does seem like maybe it took a little bit longer than longtime shareholders were expecting, but it kind of does seem like Coach has found their footing again. Yeah, well, this is the the first quarter maybe where where that seems to be the case, and hopefully for shareholders that will be the case. Uh, you know, as with any fashion brand, I would caution people to uh, first recognize that I know nothing about fashion, and so discount what follows um, by that. Uh, but yeah, I think that for them to be to 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 be exclusive rather than just uh, appearing to be exclusive is the right strategy. All right. I, what, I mean, you know a lot more about fashion. Not even remotely. Leather. Not even Women's remo- purses. No. <laughs> I assume. No. No, not at all. Um, I was just looking down at, uh, at a news report from uh, CNBC's website about uh, potential uh, M&A activity regarding Coach. So, I don't know if that means that um, they might be looking to do some shopping with their newly inflated shares, or if they might be a target for for a buyout. But I mean, this is one of those spaces. You know, again, even allowing for the fact that you and I don't really know a whole lot about fashion, there is a market there. Um, it it absolutely matters that you can pull off your inventory controls well, and at varying points in time with both Coach and Michael Kors. You could lay the blame for a bad quarter or two squarely at the feet of whoever's running their inventory controls. Sometimes it's about fashion. Sometimes it's about oh, we, you know, we invested in this new design and it didn't work. That's sometimes the case. But a lot of times it just comes down to how well they're managing their inventory. And you know, if you're coach, if you're a coach shareholder, you want to see a couple more quarters like this. But at least part of what's going on with this last quarter is is better inventory control. Yeah, you don't want your customers to be assuming uh, that I'm going to be able to find this on discount later. Uh, I come in, look, look around, and see what I want to get, and then I'll come back in in a quarter or two and actually get it uh, once it's on sale. And so, if they can convince uh, their their customers that those days are over uh, or are not going to be you know, occurring any more than you know the the competition they want to be compared against, 
uh, because there's always going to be some discounting uh, when you've got to move product. Uh, but they've closed some stores. Uh, they're not available in as many stores as they were available uh, outside of their own um, stores. So, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, this is a good sign. They're back to a uh, 52-week high today, and, uh, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, speaking of companies that you get compared to, unfortunately, it is the cross that advanced micro devices has to bear that uh, they're in the chip making space, and so they get compared to Intel, and pretty much for their entire existence, that hasn't worked out so well. Uh, AMD put up a first quarter loss, which was expected. Their revenue came in about where expected, and the stock is down twenty percent today. I'm assuming that has at least something to do with the fact, and this is the most astonishing thing I've seen today, all the news stories I've read. I'm assuming it has something to do with the fact that over the past year, even with the loss today, shares of AMD are up 200%. You could have given me 10 guesses, and I wouldn't have come close on that. Yeah, it's remarkable just how much uh, the stock price appreciated last year. Uh, I think it was up 290% for the year. Uh, it was up a little bit year to date, and it's given that back today. Uh, so, you know, AMD has spent a lot of time not making any money, and it was it was up as we as we say. Uh, 290% or so last year, it lost $0.60 cents a share, and that was the fifth year in a row that it's lost money. And you and you can find even more money that it lost back in 2007-2008. So, it, it has... So, what the hell is going on with this thing? <laughs> uh, well, it did get down to about a, you know, a dollar-something a share. And so, it was being priced going into the beginning of 2016 as if Oh, this is. It looks like the end. Uh, at a time when it was still doing you know, four billion in, in revenues and and you know still potentially able to create some profits and maybe that'll be realized over the course of uh, more likely next year than this year. Uh, but for something to move up, you know, three hundred percent off of slowing down its losses is the kind of thing that. Okay, if the quarters don't start coming in according to expectations, you're going to give some of that stock price back. It's always been a stock of a, a stock that people have paid more attention to its movements than the underlying business. I think. Do you think the powers that be at Intel are happy that AMD is still around? Yes. Just because if they if AMD isn't around, then the monopoly calls get that much louder. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> do, you, do, do you think in any way in the past decade someone at Intel on some level has steered a little bit of business towards AMD just to just to help keep them afloat? Uh it's I don't know. That would, I I I have no idea. Would that but, shock you? But the the fact that AMD has stayed afloat uh has not hurt Intel. There I don't needs need... to be some competition. Yeah. Otherwise, then yeah, you're right. Um, we've talked a lot on this podcast and on Motley Fool Money over the past few months about restaurants and the challenging environment for restaurants. Uh, here's one restaurant that's getting it done, and that's Texas Roadhouse. First quarter profits came in higher than expected. Their same store sales uh, 
both at the franchises and the company-owned locations were up. Uh, how are they doing this? Because everything we've seen in broad strokes when it comes to restaurants points to, again, a more challenging environment. And also, if you're not doing delivery well, you might be in serious trouble. And this is a straight-up restaurant that you know the stock is up. The company's doing what? The stock's hitting an all-time high today. So they do a little bit of out-of-store experience, you know, pickup, but they are focused on getting people into the restaurants, and they achieve very, uh, you know, very good operations, very dense usage of the, of the restaurants by not being open for lunch, uh, except on weekends. So, there's a bit of a premium on when the restaurant is open getting there. So, it's it's just dinner. And one of the things they achieve by doing uh, so dinner five nights a week and then uh, lunch and dinner on weekends is that the same staff is basically there all the time. The same manager is there for all the shifts. You're not having shifts turnover and the um, disruptions that happen in service because of that. Uh, you've got everybody there together all the time, and so they put a premium on service, and they also uh, really hold the line on on value. And so they're not out there charging uh, and and continually upping the price. They're they're more interested in having loyalty uh, from their customers, and they've achieved that by being very competitively priced uh, and. Uh, offering top service, so that's how they're getting there. Uh, they open stores. They don't open stores in dense locations. They are operating, as as they would put it, and this is is literal for us outside the Beltway of a city. So if you're looking for where are uh, where are the units, they're outside of the the densest part of the city. They're outside of uh, you know they're they're in. Uh, trafficked areas, places where you can see them on on major roads, uh, but they're not there at the high uh, the high cost real estate, and, and that allows them to operate fewer hours uh, and and focus more on service. Yeah, I was just uh, on their website looking at the closest location to where we are, and that's Chantilly, Virginia, and that's I mean that's probably about an hour's drive from here. You know. Pretty much any time of day, yeah, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, but. that's just because of the traffic, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, yeah yes. <laughs> well, you could go when there is no. You could go. I could go at three, three in the morning. morning. Yeah, but and are then they, you're waiting, are they, waiting until the next evening to, yeah, to dine. There's, there's no sense. But you've saved that. 15 minutes of traffic time. I also like the fact that on their website they've got the menu set up, and one of the you know one of the banners across the top. Is uh, something called gluten friendly, which they go out of their way to say, "Yeah, this isn't gluten free. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll reduce the gluten. We can help you that kind of thing, but we're not." And and there it doesn't appear that they're going out of their way to make purposefully unhealthy food. They offer salads and you know and lighter fare that kind of thing. But it's like, look. This is a Texas roadhouse. It's a roadhouse. This is we're, a- <laughs> we're not focused on the salads over here. Yeah. There are plenty of places that do that, and we're happy to point you to them. But don't come here for that. No. Good for them. We haven't been. Neither of us have been. 
No, I've actually never been, uh, but I, I have heard very good things. Tony Arsta has been a number of times. Has he? He's reported back. Wait a minute. Does he enjoyment does, of, of? Yep. Does he road Does he road trip out to uh, Chantilly or does he? No, no, I don't think so. I think maybe maybe uh, back home in Wisconsin, a little closer to where he's located. Back I think there. so. And he's he's lived in a number of spots, but I don't think he's road tripping out Chantilly. I don't think so. Nothing against Chantilly, but love Chantilly. <laughs> I love think, Chantilly. I think we've pretty much reached the end of the episode, <laughs> as long-time <laughs> listeners have figured out. Uh, you want to read more from Bill Barker and Tony Arsta and the whole Full Funds crew? Good news. Just go to FullFunds.com. You can sign up for declarations. It's their free monthly newsletter. Texas Roadhouse, a holding? Yes, a major holding. Major in, holding uh, in the, the Full Funds. Great America Fund. Okay. And uh, it's uh, an IPG, Photonics, also one also, of the bigger holdings is up a lot today, but we didn't have time. We didn't have I mean, time. IAC bumped everything out of the way, really. Well, and when and it's earnings palooza, we have to make choices. So, um, But you sign up for declarations, free newsletter, maybe you're going to see some coverage of IPG see, see or what we own. Texas Roadhouse and the other major holdings at Full Funds. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for today's edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. Pulling double duty this week. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.